Philippians chapter four, verse nine says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Today, our final day of the Journey Through Philippians podcast, we reframe Paul from a rabble rouser to the romantic. This is day 20. Welcome to the Journey Through Philippians podcast, where every day we set aside space in our lives to experience God's word. Together, we'll discuss the context and meaning of each passage and how the book of Philippians can help us understand more about who God is and the story he's writing for each of us every day. Brendan's like, what? <laughs> what does no, that mean? I, I was pleasantly surprised. I was <laughs> you like that one? I like that Tyler has come full circle on his view of Paul. Full circle? Where did I start? Well, maybe not a full circle, sassy. maybe 180. <laughs> you keep calling him sassy, Paul. Mr. Sassy Pants, sassy. Mr. Most romantics rabble are, rouser, right? Mr. Presumptuous, Mr. Mr. Party Pooper. I did. Yeah, I do think that of Paul. But no, he's, he's also... A, he's a romantic. Well, let's be real. He wrote a letter. He did. A bunch of letters. Yeah. Like, he didn't have to do that. Mm-mm. But he really cared about people. Yeah. He has this ideal picture of like, ah, oh, man, I wonder if they got my letter yet. It's like text messaging back in the day and you send yeah. a message and a little bit they, less, they don't respond. Yeah, less exciting with the text messaging. Right. You can message so quickly. It's, we should all write letters it's more snail often. mail. We should we do should snail mail. definitely do that more to tell people how much you care about them. Right. I think that's great. I mean, that's what Paul did. Yeah. Just following in his example. Yep. Well, the last day, I want to relive a few things. I promise there's a reason behind this, but what thing in Greece made you feel most at home when you were there? And I'm trying to get myself into like Paul's mindset. Like hmm. what thing about being around and near Philippi was like, oh, this makes me feel like I'm at home. Cold brew. Cold brew. Yeah. <laughs> Cold brew iced coffee. Yeah. Well, there's one place that had it. Right outside of the, Philippi. Yeah. Right. You get the Fredo cappuccinos. Fredo cappuccino. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, it's like cappuccino, but this is a foamy on ice. cold on ice. Yeah. It's a cold, foamy drink. But getting cold brew. And I just wanted cold brew. Just yeah. straight yeah. up. Because I can't drink hot coffee. And they called me the snob. <laughs> a coffee snob. I was up for anything. Well, I mean, I would drink other stuff, but it was like, it's warm. This is what I do all it summer. Nice I can't drink hot coffee. Cold. And so straight up cold brew. What about you, Melissa? I think I felt most at home when I saw the olive trees. I don't know. It was just mm-hmm. what I imagined Greece to be. And then I looked over and it looked like my grandpa was standing on the side of the road. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're Greek. Let's just I revisit am, that. Yes, you're that's originally right, Greek. Because so I'm Greek. Sense. And so I just felt like I was home with my people. I loved it. Cool. Well, let's move on. Yeah. Tyler, what? <laughs> How did you feel most at home in Greece? He always waits for us to ask. Well, like, I try to I try really? to breeze past it. I'm just curious about you. You don't need to know anything about me. No, we definitely want to know. Honestly, I felt oh, you guys are going <laughs> to, you're going to be like, oh, you've waited this whole long time to talk. I felt most at home when I was hanging out with you guys at dinner or Aww, something afterwards. Wow. Like, Philippi's Aww. great, but like. You're right. That was the best. It was like family dinner. Just hanging out with people and talking about yeah. Philippi and theology mm-hmm. and what Paul was thinking about. That's Ministry. the good stuff, That's right? That's the good stuff. Which is probably what they were doing, most likely, in Philippi in the first century. They were just chatting about Paul and theology. And what does Jesus do? Like That was the part that felt most at home and also most like authentic to what they would have done. Yep. That's true. Well, today I just want to revisit the last four weeks of reading that we've done and revisit some of the themes that we've seen in this letter of Philippians and really try to take some takeaways. How do we keep this in mind and not Mm -hmm. forget about some of these things? But first, we're going to reread the entire fourth chapter of Philippians. 
Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Yodia and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women, since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts, what I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. The brothers and sisters who are with me send greetings. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Now, yesterday's podcast, you said that everybody should read the whole book. I was expecting you would read all four chapters right there. You're taking it easy on everyone. I am. I'm not taking it easy on them. I'm taking it easy on myself. Oh. <laughs> that would be a I lot. I mean, to I just read. learned to read now, recently. Can, so hang on. I don't. You didn't even have to do this. We can just have Caleb, our guy who puts it all together, just splice, just splice it. Splice in the first three thank chapters. You, Caleb. Yeah, thank you. I think people would have been able to tell. Kind of in the middle, it's like this is the part where Tyler was sick. Oh right, <laughs> he's and really he getting into Epaphroditus's really character. Man, no. himself in there. You read them chapter four but maybe when they're home off yeah. the road they can i highly recommend sometime. that people read the whole thing because it's it's a good letter yeah. and it flows really well together it, it makes is. a lot of sense nice. and seeing it as a whole it's almost is, like someone thought about how they wanted to write it and well and that's the thing i was going to ask that was actually my first question was this common at that time did people just write a lot of letters to each other especially from prison are they like sneaking these out i'm thinking like <laughs> shawshank redemption <laughs> shawshank. i never saw that movie i just i've heard it's wow. awesome but Whoa, I, wow. i know i know well, you and me are gonna watch that tonight i don't that is literally one of my favorite movies like, and then we're going to a barn dance like top 10 <laughs> Because these are things that we should both have experienced. Wait, Tyler, are you going to wear overalls? I'm hoping that Brendan's fit me. <laughs> I don't think they fit me. <laughs> I can just imagine. What does that mean? 
<laughs> I've put on a few pounds since my sophomore year of high school. I can imagine you wearing Brendan's overalls. They're way too, they're high waters. They're That's, like a fire cast. <laughs> how much taller am I? You're, you're like, not that much taller than me. Are you, that is not. <laughs> Maybe your legs are longer. Maybe that's what I I'm think thinking. I'm, I'm significantly taller than Brendan. So yeah, was this common? What's the process for getting your letters out of prison and getting them to where they need to go? I don't know how common it is. <laughs> Do you know I mean, that's a good the question. answer, I, Brendan? Yeah, I'm not like, this is not my area of study exactly. But I mean, people did it enough. We have tons of copies of these Greco-Roman letters. A lot of them are written from like soldiers. They're written by everyday people. There are lots of copies of these, which suggest there are a lot more that were out there that we haven't recovered and will never recover because Pyrus decays. He had access to resources, obviously, but not like we do today. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. like I write a letter on my computer and I print it. No, I got a typo. I, you don't want to mess up. It seems so intentional. Like every single word is so intentional. Like, oh, you think through it for sure. You have the poetry right in the middle. We have that Christ yeah. hymn mm-hmm. that, you know, some people think maybe that was originally a worship song or maybe Paul actually wrote it himself. Whatever the case is, he's thought through this. He's thought through themes. He's made all sorts of great word plays. It's not just something he just jotted down really quickly. Mm-hmm. He took time to do it. He had Timothy there with him. Mm-hmm. We can assume that Timothy was the one who actually wrote it while Paul dictated. But this was a process. It wasn't just something they did in a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. So one of the major themes that we encountered the first week was this idea of citizenship in heaven. It was kind of the first thing that Paul started to hit on, talk about. And it basically showed that he's like, hey, I remember being there. I remember that you have this allegiance to the world, but there's something ultimately greater that you can have allegiance to. This is the very first command he actually gives the Philippians. So the first 26 verses of the letter in chapter one, he talks a lot about his own circumstances. He offers up his prayer for them. He gives thanks to God for them. But then when he turns the letter specifically to them and begins telling them how they ought to live, the very first thing he says, verse 27, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this several times, this idea that conduct yourselves is a word that literally means live as a citizen. And so his point here is that as citizens of Rome, you need to remember that above all else, you're citizens of heaven. So you got to live like it in a manner that's worthy of the gospel of Christ. And one of the ways we do that is really modeled by Paul and Jesus. He gets his example from Jesus. Paul is the example for us in this idea of servanthood. But the question is, and we've talked about this a little bit, but how does it actually practically look to be a servant in the kingdom of heaven? Well, I think just as Paul imitated the things that Jesus did, like we can live out that way as well. We can look and see how Jesus lived his life through scripture. Being in the word, I think, is a great way to start by understanding that we're wanting to look more and more like Christ. So we have to know what Jesus looked like to begin with. But then there's this idea of just serving others selflessly and in humility. And I think that Paul did a great job with that, with the Church of Philippi. Yeah, and that's the second big theme we read about and talked about here in Philippians, this idea that we are supposed to live like Jesus did, Mm -hmm. which was as a servant. If we want to have good relationships with one another, the best way to do it is to humble ourselves, Mm -hmm. lift others up. And when we do that, well, it can repair relationships just like Jesus did with us. But sort of the encouragement and irony in the end we discover is that, well, Jesus was elevated as a result of his humiliation Mm -hmm. when he died Mm -hmm. on the cross. That was actually the means by which he became exalted, which flipped the whole Roman society, Mm -hmm. the way they do life upside down. The cross was a means of humiliation. It was reserved for the lowest of the slaves in Mm -hmm. that society. And now through that process, he actually was lifted up by God. And I think the encouragement for us is if we're willing to do that, then Jesus will lift us up too. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus talks about this in the gospel. He says, for the one who humbles himself will be exalted and the one mm-hmm. who exalts himself will be humbled. That's the promise for us. If we're yeah. willing to live that kind of a way, well, we can actually have a better life in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Well, and the only real way to know that and follow that example is to know 
Christ, right? Mm-hmm. And to like dig into the word. Yeah. And that's part of what we've been doing over the last four weeks yeah. is really getting deep into some of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And there's so much more that we could talk about. So many other oh, letters, yeah. mm-hmm. so much context that we could use in the Old Testament that all ties this oh, all yeah. together. Brendan is very excited about <laughs> Old Testament stuff. Bring it on. But really what we need to be doing on a daily basis is meditating on this and like taking these things and Mm -hmm. bringing them into action and how does it reshape our lives, how we encounter every situation. I mean, my most vulnerable position of where I'm like, man, that was not really following the example that I know of. It's just when I'm in the car. Yeah. (laughs) Like, What do you mean? I'm at my worst in the car. I don't know. Like really just like rush hour traffic. I like driving, but not in like rush hour traffic. Mm -hmm. I'm the least like Jesus. Just take it slow, man. My problem is I'm always in a hurry to get somewhere. I'm always running late. So then I feel like everybody should just move out of my way so that I can get there. That's what I think. This world, why don't they know Uh, that it's about me? I know. (laughs) But to your point, like that's when you're able to think, when you're able to slow down and realize this is actually where I'm at, why worse sometimes. And Mm -hmm. I think that's so important for us is if we don't take time to slow down, we can't self-reflect and realize, you know, how do I need to grow and where mm. am I in my relationship with Christ? Now, do I even have a relationship with Christ? And in Philippians 3, Paul talks about this. It was another major theme, this idea that the most valuable thing we can have in this world is a relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so he's someone worth pursuing. He's someone worth spending time with. And actually, I had a friend in college. I remember he always used his time in traffic as a time to pray because <laughs> he could just shut off the radio. And every other part of the day, we can make excuses mm-hmm. for why we won't spend time with God. But there's no reason why we couldn't do it right there. Yeah. That's true. Okay, thanks. I know, so now... <laughs> I'll try, that. okay? Hey, I'm not saying I got it. I'm just saying that I have a friend who did this, and I thought I was really... I pray best with my eyes closed. Are you ex- are you expecting me to do that? <laughs> well, you can, you can pray however works okay. for you. Yeah, that's Please right. keep your eyes open. Well, the other thing that we've talked about a good bit is this idea of peace. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, the Romans were given this decree... The Pax that, Romana. The Pax Romana, that there would be peace on all of their territories, and yet Paul says something different about peace. Yeah, he says that we can have peace, a peace which guards us. And he also talks about how God is a God of peace. And in verse one, he says grace and peace. And so there's this promise that when we follow Christ and we're in a relationship with him, when we actually know him the way Paul knows him, you can have peace. And in one sense, it's a peace with God. In a different letter in Ephesians, he talks about how Jesus through the cross settled the sin problem we had with God and created peace so it could repair our relationships. But there's also this inner tranquility I think we can have. When we know that Jesus is Lord and he's the one who's in control, we can have peace knowing that things are going to work out in the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'd said this a few days ago too. This is a common issue with our world and it's yeah. becoming more of an issue in our world, right? Yeah. The amount of anxiety that we all carry mm-hmm. about right. our circumstances, the next paycheck, the social scene that we're encountering, yeah. mm-hmm. any sort of acceptance. This is like the hot button issue for our society is anxiety mm-hmm. and finding yeah. peace might be the most difficult thing to do for each of us. The reason I think it's the hardest to find peace is because I want to like control things that are going on and I want to be in control of what happens to me and in my life and in the next steps and then even what God wants to do with my life, you know, and I think in the moments where I step back and I realize that he is in control and that I don't have to have everything figured out, that's when I feel the most at peace knowing that God has his best for me. And you guys found some peace in a mud pit. Oh, I don't know if you call it peace. It was supposed to be calming, right? I think we talked about this on the podcast, right? We went to like the oldest clay pit in all of Greece. Alexander the Great went in there. 
We did. To find relaxation. Yep. That was greatness was born out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alexander <laughs> the Great was born out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's cool to know that we actually spent some time there where some people like that hung out. I mean, there are lots of things in this world we can go to to find peace. Right. And, I mean, that did actually help. It was kind of a stressful day, actually. It felt mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Well, people do, you know, look for peace in all different ways. And I think a spa or a massage or you try to meditate your way to peace. I mean, can sometimes work, but for me, I truly only find it, you know, when I'm praying or when I'm talking to God. It's just like the same with medicine. We talk about how God is our healer. Well, yeah. God can use medicine. He can use doctors and he can mm-hmm. use all sorts of things. And in the same way, he can provide us peace through all sorts of tools. He's the one who gives us those gifts. But it's also remembering again that he's the one who's ultimately in control. If you go to those things, but you never give up the control, you never give up your worry, you never give up the things that give you anxiety in life, you're going to have to keep going back to those things. Mm-hmm. But if you give those up and trust God the way you're supposed to, then he'll give you the peace that he alone is able to give. It may take a minute. It's not going to be something that's like overnight, but I think believing in that process and trusting that God is going to heal you in that area. We talked about this too, is like going through pain is how we grow and Mm -hmm. how we learn for future situations that we're going to encounter. And one of those things that Paul talks about in prison that he became very familiar with is circumstances that were beyond his control Mm -hmm. and being able to be joyful and content through all of that. Mm -hmm. And that's another one of those things we kind of hit this last week is finding joy and contentment amidst anything, good things, positive situations, and negative situations. Yeah, I think that's what's so inspiring about Paul is that he's had a lot of great situations in life and Mm -hmm. he knew how to have joy in those situations, but he also had some really difficult circumstances. He's in prison, he's been Mm -hmm. whipped, he's been beaten, he's on death row, doesn't know how things are going to shake out. And yet he can still talk about having joy and peace and being Mm -hmm. content in these situations. And it's because he knows that at the end of the day, true contentment, if you want like a lasting permanent contentment, it's never going to come from material possessions. Because if that's where you're trying to find it, Mm -hmm. well, you're never going to be happy. Even when you get those... good things. I think you're going to be let down. And so he reminds us through this letter again, it's all about the perspective and Mm -hmm. and having a relationship with Jesus again is the one true way to find contentment and peace in this world. And I love that Paul talks about that. He doesn't skirt away from it. He directly talks about it. And I think a lot of times that we feel, oh, I'm going through this and no one knows what I'm going through or no one has walked through this amount of pain that I've walked through. And when we look at Paul and we look at Jesus and the life that he led, we can say, oh, wait, He has been through it and more. And so you don't feel alone in maybe the trials or the pain that you're walking through. It makes it a lot easier when you know someone's Mm -hmm. been through it and is encouraging you that you can get through this. Mm -hmm. The other thing about Paul is, you know, we talk about him writing this letter, but we also have talked about him being in prison at Philippi. You know, when he first went there, he committed some, what the magistrates saw as offenses that were worthy of Mm -hmm. being in prison. And it's crazy because Philippi is the first church in Europe. Mm-hmm. And that legacy continued. Yeah. And, you know, he escaped maybe on a boat, maybe down to Thessaloniki. We don't really know. But I like to think that he went and got on a boat and like shipped out and was like, He yeah. did. So <laughs> I was actually just rereading all this today. Acts 17, when Paul and his companions had passed through Amphipolis mm. and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica. Mm. And these are actually places that are along the coast. So he either walked along the coast or he took, I mean, I don't know if he took a boat, but yeah. he was definitely by the water. Mm. It wasn't a straight shot to Thessaloniki. Well, and the method is up for debate. I mean, again, I'm going to stick with, I think he boat hopped or whatever and there took a go. swim along the way. <laughs> right. um, the point is he kept going. Yeah. You know, he kept moving on and was like, you know what? There's more work to be done. And yeah. he kind of hit all of these cities and the legacy that came from that is really pretty remarkable. That one dude and like the support of a bunch of communities and a bunch of churches that were yeah. started by one dude could change the world. 
Yeah. It's like he took the Great Commission and just went with it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he actually <laughs> I mean, lived he it out. literally did. As it turns out. And look at the impact that one person can have by starting relationships with people that you have similarities with, people you care about, right. that you're willing to put the investment in over time, and how much that can change people. Yeah. And it's not that he did it all alone, too. Mm-hmm. He, well, he'd always say it's only by the power of Jesus and his spirit working in me, mm-hmm. but it's also by the partnership. He uses this word a lot. It's the Greek word koinonia, which basically means fellowship, partnership. Mm-hmm. The Philippians, they were partners with him in this ministry. He was the one going out and being bold and being brave, but he knew every community he went to, he was building up community of others who would support and help him, Mm -hmm. empower him in his ministry. I feel like you always see Paul with people. He's always bringing someone along or he's meeting someone. And I think that's such an example of the way we should live our lives out too. We can't do this on our own. We shouldn't do this on our own. And that relationships are huge into being able to share the gospel. I mean, you see it at the end of his letter too. You know, once you have heard this gospel, you accept this. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you are part of this family that has values of caring for each other. Mm-hmm. And you see it, you know, all God's people here send greetings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, when you're a part of God's people, mm-hmm. it's something that transcends location mm-hmm. and it transcends circumstance. Mm-hmm. Each of these churches sort of get a letter from Paul and they're dealing with different issues based on where they are. But that's the transcendent power of Jesus is he unifies them. Yeah. He unifies all these churches mm-hmm. under a, a very specific cause. Yeah, there's a bond that can't be and shouldn't be broken between mm-hmm. Christians because we all unite under the same Lord. If our allegiance is to Jesus, Philippians mm-hmm. one twenty seven, if we're citizens of heaven, that means we're citizens with other people. And so we're in allegiance yeah. with others. Yeah. It's very easy to walk into church and find things to be divisive about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the commission that Paul has for us is very clear. We are in this together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can't do it without each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just curious for you guys, mm-hmm. we're at the end of this journey through Philippians. What did you learn? What was the thing that like you took away from this one? We sat down before this, you know, I'd kind of worked through the book and done my study and wrote some stuff down. And we talked about like what we wanted to hit in the videos, what are the archeological features we want to hit? What are the themes from each chapter we wanted to hit? Mm-hmm. That would, you know, line up nicely with the sermon series and sort of the one big theme that I knew was a theme people talked about as a theme. I discovered it in my own study, mm-hmm. but this idea of unity, it has hit me more and more as yeah. we've worked through the book. It just became so abundantly clear to me that that was really an issue there at Philippi. But it's an issue with Christians in the world today, too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. we got to get this figured out because if we want to make a difference in the world, mm-hmm. like, we got to be one. I mean, that's the key to doing it. We got to strive together as one. That's what Paul writes. And so, again, remembering that we got to figure out how to work together because it's not just the church that divided, it's our country, it's our world. Everybody has reasons to fight with one another. Yeah. And so, I think the church, above all else, ought to be leading the way in this and showing how we can be united because this is what the gospel is all about. Jesus, you know, through his death made us one with God, but he also made us one with others. And if Mm -hmm. we aren't living that way, then what does that tell the world about the gospel? Absolutely. One in like, you know, first century world, everybody's sort of made to be the same because of the Roman empire. Mm. And it took the church uniting under something different Mm -hmm. to show how life could be different and better. Mm -hmm. That's what changed the world, right? Is being countercultural. And so today that is countercultural. Being unified Mm -hmm. under a single idea Mm -hmm. or a single cause. Yeah. That's pretty unique. Well, this is my first journey to walk through. And so I think what it has really done for me is it's kind of sparked this desire to be in God's Word every day. As Christians, that is our heart, and that's what we want to do. But it's hard when you have so many things going on in your life, and you're trying to make it a priority. But for me, it has just really given me like a hunger and a thirst for His Word again. And I've seen that kind of through the Bible study on Wednesday nights with our students, and 
to see that they just have like all these questions and they want to read through it and they have an excitement for it has really just caused me to really want to grow in that area. Also a really funny thing, and I think God works in this way a lot, is that whatever day we were on, it seems like that was what I was struggling with that day, you know? And so just this reality of we are walking through some of the very same things that Jesus is teaching us through the Bible and God used Paul, you know, to teach us these things. The Bible is so applicable to our lives. And so for me, it was just like growing in my love for God's word. Yeah. It's like literally every day was abundantly clear that like, oh, do everything without grumbling or complaining. I'm like, wow, I just did that. (laughs) Or that day that I was sick and it was like, well, let's talk about Epaphroditus if I can. (laughs) Great. That was ironic. Well, what about you, Tyler? I think for me, it's really about how did Paul do his ministry? That was probably the most striking thing for all of this. You know, Paul didn't try to change anybody's mind that was super in power. Mm -hmm. It was no trickle down theology happening here. This is grassroots. He went to the people that Mm -hmm. he had in common, things in common with. Mm -hmm. He networked with them and built relationships. And it's only through that that he was able to share good Mm -hmm. news and show how life change could happen. And I think that's what's changed for me is this idea of like, man, maybe we should let people in more Mm -hmm. and start to build relationships that you depend on, but Mm -hmm. also people depend on you. Because that's the way that you can start to speak truth into people's lives. Well, I've had fun. We've heard from a lot of you who've listened to this and... Really, what they need to know is that we're just like three people hanging out in a room. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. four if we you should, you should people see the room. pictures or something. <laughs> yeah. It's not it's not this is not fancy. This is some basement. But we've had fun and I feel like this is how most people should read the Bible is in mm-hmm. community and with people kind of asking questions that are hard. Yeah. yeah Figuring the, out what those answers are and, and having a, a theologian on <laughs> in on hand. Well, yeah, I've spent some time studying the Bible, but I love studying it with you guys too, mm-hmm. because well, one, it's so easy for me to get my head caught up in the clouds <laughs> and the context and the yeah. theology. And it's like, I know this stuff has to apply to our lives, mm-hmm. but to have someone like help draw out and remind me of here, are all the ways this can play out. Yeah. But also like just the perspectives, each of you, you always think about it and talk about it in ways that I hadn't really thought about. And mm-hmm. that's the value. And studying in communities, we can learn from one another. And then like when Brendan talks, I'm like, oh man, I did not even know that. And so for me, it's kind of this like learning experience of history and background and the things that you can learn from that, how it affects how you view the context of the scripture. I think that's really been eye-opening for me. I think the thing for me is similar. It's like doing this in community makes me read and hear things differently. Not Mm -hmm. only because of the context of the history behind it, the theology behind it, how people wrote in the day. Mm -hmm. That stuff all helps me for sure. But also hearing the way that people read the same words that I do Mm -hmm. and get a different picture of Paul. Mm -hmm. It's the only way I can Mm -hmm. go from this rabble rouser to this (laughs) romantic. I know. (laughs) That's the whole, and I've talked about this, is the character arc of Paul, but also for ourselves. And how do we change the way that we read scripture based on other people's hearts? Yeah, we all bring our own baggage to the table whenever we read the Bible. We have our own sets of lenses, and Mm -hmm. we'll never be able to completely pull those off. But the value in talking about it with other people is they can help correct us and help us see why we might be reading it a certain way. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for doing this with me, you guys. This has been fun. Thanks, everybody else, for listening. We hope you had a good time. I'm sure we will be back with some other journey. Any book of the Bible is going to be good. It's all profitable. Paul wrote that. (laughs) <laughs> Just Paul wrote that. <laughs> All scripture is God breathing, profitable, useful. Thanks for doing this. We'll see you next time. Adios. See ya. Thanks for joining us for the Journey Through Philippians podcast. If this is your first time, we're so glad you checked us out. 
To check out even more resources like videos from Philippi, children and family resources, and ebooks for all ages, visit our journey page at willowjourney.org and follow us on Instagram at willowcreeknS. Be sure to share your journey experience on social media with the hashtag WillowJourney. If you have questions or would like to learn more about the ministries of Willow Creek Community Church, check out willowcreek.org.